Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today, we've got a movie, and that's the best way I can describe it. We're talking about the 1993 Charles Band sci-fi action film, Mandroid. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I put this, like, we put this on the list like a long time ago, and like because it was an inspiration for another movie that we covered, Manboard, right? Right. And this is Mandroid, and it was part of the inspiration, but there's another movie that Charles Band put out in the 80s called The Destroy or The Eliminators, all right? Okay. And in that movie, there's a character named Mandroid, both put out by Charles Band. So I thought this was The Eliminators, and that movie's badass. It was, like, made in the 80s. It's, it's kind of like the A-Team and, like, G.H.O. put together, you know? Yeah. Really kick-ass action thing. Mandroid, the actual movie, is like a pulpy 1940s comic book. This movie gets confused about what it's about. It kind yeah. of wants to be a sci-fi robot movie, but then it wants to be about a miracle drug, but it also wants to be a post-World War II espionage film, but then there's a disappearing man, but also robots. It's it's pretty much Captain America without Captain America because Charles Band's got a, a hard on for comic books, especially that era. <laughs> and he pretty much and that was his thing, because like if you look at all this stuff like Epic and uh, or not Epic, but Empire and uh, Full Moon and on with Moonbeam pictures, he was always trying yep. to make small cinematic universes. Right. Right. Movies place and so like he was on this shit a long time ago and he tried to do it with this shit and it, it just sucked this like, movie I, did have a sequel yeah called invisible the chronicles of benjamin knight that was released the exact same year it was almost like they filmed everything and yeah, then they split did. it up into two movies they did they totally did uh that's what i'm saying like he was trying to make that little universe shit and like i think they were released like a month or two apart like on video store shelves but yeah yeah like uh and that one is, is i think is a little bit better than this one still corny okay. shit it's like it's like a, a character that's in this it's like a side character and he goes on and he gets invisible man power all right nice movie is not rated it was a direct-to-video release an hour and 21 minutes. It has no critic score, but a 9% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I bet one of those is uh, someone going, I thought this was Eliminators, man. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> now, last time we went, last episode, when we talked about Ginger Snaps being our very first uh, certified fresh film, I was totally wrong about that. Turbo Kid in episode nine was our very first certified fresh film. Oh, shit, I forgot we covered that movie, man. Yeah, followed by Housebound, which was episode 18, Repo Man, which was episode 29, and finally The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, episode 70. Those are all certified fresh. I want to recount on that last one, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but it's not like we don't talk about highly rated films either. For example, Uncle Peckerhead has a 100% critic score, but it is not certified fresh. And Manborg, the movie that was inspired by this movie, has an 88% freshness rating, which is enough to be certified fresh. But a movie's got to meet some requirements to be certified fresh. It has to have a consistent tomato meter score of 75% or higher. It's got to have at least five reviews from top critics. And if it had a wide theatrical release, it's got to have at least 80 total reviews. Uh, limited release and direct-to-video has got to have a minimum of 40 reviews to be certified fresh. Wow, so, okay. so, like Uncle Peckerhead has maintained a 100% tomato meter score since its release, but it only has 18 reviews and only one top critic review. Same for uh, Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway, which is 88% critic score, but only 17 reviews. So. It doesn't meet the requirements to be certified fresh. Now, having said all of that, this movie that we're talking about today, not even close to certified fresh. Nah, it's stale as fuck, boy. <laughs> it is so bad. I forgot how bad this was. And I, I do, now, like, halfway through it, I was like, wait, this is that other movie, you know? And uh, it's like, I've seen it. But also, I've seen, uh, and it, it feels so much, because, like, they, they remade, they did Captain America first, right? And um, it would sounds right, yeah, know. yeah. Like it was like an old '90s Captain America. It was like straight to video. It was corny because yeah. back then, super superhero movies was like you know you find them in a dime bin, you know, at the truck right. stop. Or something. So it was like yeah, back and when Dolph like, Lundgren was the Punisher. Yeah, like that type shit. It was like one of those. So, <laughs> like, uh, it's got the same feel as that movie. It's like almost like that same script except they changed a little bit uh the bad guy instead of a red skull he's got a more of a dr doom feel to him because he's like a scientist yeah. or but it, it's just pulpy as fuck it's just really heavy 1940s comic book storyline yeah movies directed by jack ersgard he directed rancid a weird story from 2004 about a high school how a high school reunion leads a man into a nightmarish life of crime because he runs into his old girlfriend. That sounds, that sounds accurate. That sounds like a documentary. Yeah. And Sci-Fi Slaughter, a 2005 direct-to-video story about aliens and the four bros who are going to save the world from them. Oh, hell yeah, kick-ass. That sounds good. <laughs> and then we get into the typical uh, Full Moon crew. The movie was written by Earl Kenton and Jackson Barr. Earl Kenton wrote a series of exploitation films, including Veronica 2030, Hidden Beauties, and Chandra the Jungle Girl. <laughs> Jackson Barr writes for Charles Band. He wrote Trancers 2, Subspecies, Bad Channels, and the sequel to this, to this movie, and one more movie in uh, 1994, and then he stopped writing. Like, yeah, if you've seen any of the Full Moon movies, you've seen this guy's work. Trancers, yeah. really, man. That that was probably my favorite Full Moon series, even though, like, uh, Puppet Master was, like, probably pr the biggest. I always like right. Trancers, you know? Trancers was, like, I don't know, 
techno noir, you know, you got like a jacket and a big gun and you're just gonna like shoot the future and there's zombies and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Here's what surprised me. David Arkenstone did the music for this. Oh yeah. Now he's done music for uh, a few dozen movies and documentaries, but he's probably best known for uh composing the musical score for World of Warcraft and the World of Warcraft expansions Battle of Azeroth, Shadowlands, and Dragonflight. The thing about Full Moon is they'll do that shit because they'll like just buy a box of music and because they'll use they use music in this movie and like almost every movie. Yeah. You know, it's from that old school where it's like it worked one, you know, just keep on using it, you know. Yep. Movie stars Brian Cousins is Dr. Wade Franklin. He has been in Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Enterprise, Babylon 5, Space Above and Beyond, Dark Skies, Time Cop, NCIS, and Desperate Housewives. Yeah, all those old 90s sci-fi uh TV shows that were filmed in Canada. This guy has walked on every set, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Jane Caldwell is Xana. She appears in Days of Our Lives, Prehysteria, and Trancers 3. Uh, Michael Della Femina as Benjamin Knight. He appeared in My Blue Heaven, Highway to Hell, which we covered in episode 42, and Bloodlust Subspecies 3. That was a good one. This is the guy I like. Robert Simons as Dr. Carl Zimmer. Oh, hell yeah. He, he stole the movie. He's got all those good, like, scientist parts and shit. Right. And, and it's, it's, you know, a role that he's familiar with. Um, he has appeared in The Exorcist, The Six Million Dollar Man, Catch Me If You Can, Primary Colors, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Great movie. Crime Wave, which we talked about in episode 28, and probably the silliest uh, space movie, Star Wars type movie ever made, The Ice Pirates. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to talk about that one. Yeah, we do. Because that was, that was like one of my favorite ones when I was a little kid, and <laughs> I had no business watching that. But Ice know. Pirates and Time Bandits. Oh, Time Bandits was dope. I wore that. Yeah. Uh, I had that on VHS, and I wore it out. Yeah, I love Time Band. Kurt Lowens is Dr. Drago. He appeared in The Born Supremacy, Babylon 5, Alien Nation, Hogan's Heroes, MASH, the original Battlestar Galactica, Greatest American Hero, and V. Another, like, old sci-fi stalwart. And you only see him just a little bit, and then he's got this crazy prosthetic on for the rest of the oh, movie. Man, I don't even think that's him in the rest of the movie. That's probably probably you know, not. He showed up for one day to work, you know, work two hours, and then he's gone. Yeah, and then you got to voice some, box the rest of yeah. it. <laughs> Mail in some ADR. Yeah, there you go, bud. <laughs> uh, Ian Heideck as the homeless mute man. I love this guy. Oh, the yeah, the mute. Yeah, no, yeah. that guy. And they filmed this in Romania. Like, Empire right. was about that. They, they would go, they, you know, get spend as little money as they could like filming like you know yeah where can we go pay people uh uh two bucks and a stale quarter pounder with cheese and they'll make a movie for us yeah pretty much and uh <laughs> that was i don't know it came out cool like those subspecies movies i think it you know really 
Because those are like yeah. really cheap movies, but they filmed them on location, and so it looks fucking badass. You know, there's castles. And this guy was in subspecies two, three, and four, and Trancers four and five. Yeah, he he looks Eastern European as fuck. Yeah, no. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and finally, Jake McKinnon as Mandroid. We never see his face. He's always in a robot costume. But check this out. He was in the 2009 remake of Halloween 2. He always plays creatures. That's what he does. Kind of like an Andy Circus guy. Yeah. He was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, House of a Thousand Corpses, Little Nicky from Dust Till Dawn, Wishmaster, Puppet Master 4 and 5, Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed, and Ginger Snaps Back the Beginning. Uh, also, Land of the Dead. Yeah. It was like, yeah, no, he's just like one of those guys that's like in every cool monster movie, and you're like, yep. no, he, he's he, in it. Like, well, you got a rubber a, suit, he'll get in yeah, it and act. Nine pounds of latex on his face, and he's still, <laughs> you know? I mean, he was the badass werewolf in the last two Ginger Snaps movies. Yeah, he was the main guy. Nice. I said main guy, but yeah, main creature. Yeah. So the movie opens up with a car racing through the streets at night. A robot is driving, and a man is the excited passenger. This is Benjamin. He's real happy that the robot is doing the way it's uh, doing. The robot is being controlled remotely by an old man in a lab. This is Dr. Zimmer. Dr. Drago and Zana are uh, setting up to film the whole thing, and they're communicating with Benjamin who is the passenger in the car with a huge walkie-talkie, like a <laughs> massive walkie-talkie. Now, this is um, Cold War Russia, so, you know, old tech everywhere. Yeah. Uh, something happens, and Dr. Zimmer loses control of the robot, and the car, which then drives the car straight into the wall of a building. Yeah, you get that one scene where it's like they're doing the, the rip-off Terminator thing, and it's got numbers and gauges all over the screen, and then all of a sudden, it's like he just crashes the car and shit. Yep. One of his eyes went out. <laughs> uh, Dr. Drago is examining the robot. It is undamaged except for one eye. Dr. Zimmer gets control of the robot again and uses it to help Benjamin out of the car. Then Dr. Drago examines the robot. The robot is completely undamaged except for one eye. Uh, Dr. Drago, of course, designed all of the robot except the eyes. Dr. Zimmer went cheap on the eyes, and that's why it cut out on him. Sure, yeah, no. <laughs> Told you not to get the Chinese eyeballs. <laughs> Back at the lab, they're all drinking a toast to their robot called Mandroid. Dr. Drago is pissed off because Zimmer is selling his life's work. Uh, double-crossing him, basically. But they're not talking about Mandroid anymore. Instead, it's some miracle cure drug called the Supercon. Yeah. This, see, this is where this movie is like really falls apart. I, it's like it's a magic mushroom that can cure diseases and somehow create free energy. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's supposed to be the super cure-all. It's the, you know... Yeah, the U.S. wants to buy the Supercon and Mandroid, but Dr. Drago says he, says he plans to reveal to the American representative who really built Mandroid. Sounds like a disgruntled employee. Oh, yeah. 
On a train rolling through a Russian wasteland, the American Dr. Wade Franklin is uh, making the trip. There's a little kid walking up and down the aisle playing playing his violin the whole time. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out if this is his stop coming up, but he doesn't speak Russian, and the passengers don't speak English. So good luck, fucker. <laughs> and somebody's little kid has grabbed his camera and snapped a picture, and there was no acting here. This was just somebody's kid got loose because he, the kid just pulls the lens cap off the camera and hands it to him with a real big grin, the way kids do. <laughs> That's not a kid, Mike. That is a, a toddler. <laughs> That's actually a 19-year-old Romanian dwarf. <laughs> Damn, no, I actually, I forgot. Yeah, it's, it's all filmed in Romania. I shouldn't like to jump to conclusions. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little like a like a two or three year old man just doing stuff. Doesn't even know he's in a movie. Breaking cameras. Probably yeah. didn't pay for a ticket. Well, after finding the kid's mom and returning him, he tries to retrieve his bags from the overhead compartment. Now there is a rule for movies where somebody has to travel by train or bus through a foreign country. And that rule states that at least one passenger must have a cage or basket containing birds, usually chickens, and those birds have to be disturbed and start squawking before the American reaches his destination. That's the rule. That's a rule, yeah, and I'll look it up. And director Jack Ersgard holds fast to this rule, except he opts for a turkey instead of chickens. And they're free range. There's no cage. It's just in the, in the train compartment. Yeah, just them. in an open basket. Yeah, there you go. Wade is about to head for the exit, but there are people being robbed at gunpoint blocking his way. And he's fine with them being robbed. This is their country and their culture, and he's not here to judge. He just needs to get through that doorway. <laughs> damn. <laughs> oh, damn. That was awesome. That was probably the funniest part of the whole movie for me. Actually, yeah, the best parts of this movie are like little bits like that. Yeah. Wade finally gets off the train and he is met by CIA agent Joe Smith. Wade was supposed to fly in, but he's afraid of flying. Therefore, the train. He got to ride the Orient Express, though. How did he get out of America then? Um, He drove over. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Wade is there to examine the tech stuff. Joe is there to write the check if the Supercon is really what Dr. Zimmer says it is. Meanwhile, Dr. Zimmer and his daughter, Zanna, are in Zimmer's library. Uh, she wants to know when he'll turn Drago over to the police, but Zimmer isn't going to do that. Zimmer's an idealist who thinks that he and Drago can still work together. Got news for you, buddy. If you could still work together, we wouldn't be making this damn movie. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. <laughs> also, Dr. Even Drago. Yes. Yeah, no, I'll let that sink in. They named the bad guy after the bad guy in Rocky. In Rocky 2. Yeah, yeah. Or Rocky no, 4. Ro was it 3? 4? Uh, 4, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe 4, the one uh, Yeah, three was, Hulk, 3 was Hulk Hogan, wasn't it, in Mr. T? Uh, Yeah, uh, no, that was Clever Lane, no, it was 2. It was one of the Rocky movies. Yeah, the, the one that came out before this one. They named it, <laughs> instead of calling him Ivan Drago, they call him Even. They just mispronounce it, like yes. Igor. Nice. And it's like, yeah, oh, God. 
Oh, and he looks like that. Of course, he's the bad guy. Well, Joe and Wade are making conversation to set up the background for the story. Joe is a chain smoker. Wade is always chewing gum because he's trying to stop smoking. Joe explains that their destination, uh, Prohiba, is a community built for research, kind of like Thomas Edison's Menlo Park Research Facility. Or that island from the prisoner. And they arrive at Prohiba and drive to the stately home of Dr. Zimmer. Once they're there, Xana presents them with pink crystals, which Zimmer explains is not only a miracle cure for all ailments, but it's the cleanest fuel ever discovered. Do this what is, now? Yeah. Did you know that if you drank gasoline, it could cure cancer? Nah, but I bet it fuck you up. Don't don't do that. I'm just I'm making fun of the movie. I'm not giving medical advice. Don't drink the fucking gasoline. I hate that I live in a world where I have to tell people don't drink the damn gasoline. Drink gasoline, got you, Mike. <laughs> Chase it with Tide Pods. <laughs> yeah, no. That's bad job. But yeah, miracle drug cures almost every ailment known to man. Also clean, non-polluting fuel. Yeah, and it's like made out of mushrooms, but it comes out in these little purple chunks that look like urinal cake. And yeah, then it looks they, like little little rose quartz points. Whenever they use it, like in a scientific way, it's just a pink liquid in a syringe. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you said, it's made from mushrooms. The mushrooms have to be processed by injecting a chemical into a sealed container. And it's much too dangerous for a person to open the container. So they need the mandroid to handle it. Mandroid is controlled by Benjamin who wears a special helmet and gloves attached to a backpack while a standing suit. on a treadmill that has a computer keyboard. Yeah, it's those VR suits that they had in the malls back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they wanted you to play, like, I don't know, out the ass, like, I don't know, $200 or something to play laser tag in VR. <laughs> I remember that shit. I thought it was so cool back in the day. And then, like, uh, you know, you, you can go on YouTube and, like, see videos of it and shit now, and it's just, like, you know, it's like Star Fox. I'm pretty sure I would have thrown up if I ever got the chance to play that stuff. But Yeah. Oh, I played some flying uh, games with the MetaQuest, and yeah, it's pretty disturbing. Yeah, I played Skyrim. I could not stop barking. <laughs> and this, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a motorcycle helmet with a MetaQuest taped to the front of it. And a backpack. With like a little walkie thing, like a treadmill and like yep. a keyboard. That's yep. all it is. The big IBM keyboards that they used to oh, have. Yeah. Somebody spray painted it black. Also, I like the designs. That I gotta, I gotta stop the movie. All right, the designs on Charles Band's movies, like the backgrounds mm -hmm. and, and the set, always I love them. This one, they they when, the, when they first walk in to the like the laboratory, it's just a bunch of like open exposed keyboards but like the motherboard and they just went and spray painted each motherboard like a different color yeah but like christmas lights on it it's like it's so cool it's it's it looks really nice I, I like that yeah the set decoration in this movie is kind of awesome it does make you feel like you're like in some kind of like steampunk like type situation where it's like yeah. tech in, in russia and shit they did a really good job yeah 
Well, an elevator delivers the Mandroid unit, which mimics Benjamin's movements, and it takes the container into a sealed chamber where it opens the container. Mandroid has to do this because the radiation in that chamber is just far too much for a person to, to handle. Xana hands them all goggles, welding goggles, and they turn on a super bright beam that zaps the mushrooms placed on a stand by Mandroid and changes them into the crystals of the Supercon. Later, they're all at a restaurant that has a dance floor and a band, and we learn that Zena cannot fucking dance. Uh, she is a terrible dancer. You've seen those, those uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons where their top half isn't moving, but their feet are just flying real fast? Yeah, it's like the mm-hmm. uh, American version of like river dancing. Yeah, it's like she's trying to do that, and the pogo at the same time, and slam dancing. Well, that's Romanian, man. <laughs> she, yeah. she is a horrible dancer. She also is like uh, the only person that this dinner is probably drunk, and it's not there in like a professional capacity. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, the actor probably totally shit-faced at this point. Oh, yeah, if I was like the only hot chick in like a room full of old dudes, like trying to do a science <laughs> thing, I would be fucking yeah, drinking all the booze. <laughs> well, Benjamin is worn out, so Xana convinces Wade to dance with her. Joe, meanwhile, is getting drunk. He's a uh, bottle of wine, cigarette, bottle of wine, cigarette. That sounds like a French diet, man. And so when Joe leaves the table, Dr. Drago follows him, and he tells Joe that the mandroid is his creation, and he wants to sell it to the CIA as a robotic fighting machine in return for funding his own lab and, and of course, giving him his own private army of mandroids. Oh, of course. It seems that Joe bought mandroid as part of the Supercon purchase, so Drago has an evil plan to get even. Back at Zimmer's house, Wade and Joe say their goodnights and leave, planning to return in the morning. Benjamin might be a little jealous of Wade, maybe. And in the shadows, Dr. Drago has hired a hitman. Nobody noticed this on the ride home. Like, who's this extra guy in the car with us? Don't worry. Why has he got a gun? Don't worry. That happens a lot in Romania. (laughs) (laughs) Inside the house, Dr. Zimmer instructs Benjamin to finish cleaning up the lab, and then he heads to bed. As Benjamin cleans up, Drago's hitman enters the house through a broken window. Nobody notices the broken window. He also, has a he's map. dressed up like the perfect like cartoon hitman. It's like all black, black coat, yep. black, uh, black you know, neck cap. Yeah, black and white striped turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> five o'clock shadow, perfect five o'clock shadow, man. Lone Ranger mask. Now, he doesn't have the Lone Ranger mask on. That'd be dope though. Like if they all yeah. dressed up like those dogs from uh, uh, DuckTales. <laughs> Well, he's got a map of the house, and he sneaks through the house, but he makes some noise, so Xana goes to investigate. Meanwhile, outside the house, Dr. Drago has his own key to the lab, and he enters in through a back door. Uh, Meanwhile, the hitman sneaks into Dr. Zimmer's room and tries to strangle him with a rope. They knock over a cart, though, which alerts Xana. She rushes in, and she picks up Dr. Zimmer's gun, and she shoots the hitman. And he falls out the window to his death on the pavement below. Meanwhile, in the lab, Dr. Drago knocks the shit out of Benjamin with a fire extinguisher. 
<laughs> just big old baseball swing. Yeah, no. Usually when people take somebody out with a, a fire extinguisher, it's like they get that round part of it and they just, you know, hit them in the face. Nah, this yeah. Is, yeah, no, this is like a slug out. <laughs> <laughs> they whacked him in the back of the head. When he fell forward, he swung back the other way and hit him in the forehead with it. Benjamin stumbles backwards into a glass box where the Supercon is stored, and he appears to be dead or frozen or something. When the shot changes to Drago gathering up the mushrooms that make the Supercon, you can see that there are huge holes in the soles of Benjamin's shoes. I don't know how this guy was walking around in these things. <laughs> that he, he's, he's laying in this box and his feet are sticking out. And great big holes in the soles of his shoes. Poor guy. You'd think he'd at least give him a pair of shoes. <laughs> Romania. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like... Xana rushes into the lab with her gun. She's there to stop Drago. And he is injecting the chemical to make the Supercon into the canister with the mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, man, this is great. He, ta- he stops to take a shot at Xana and misses, so she shoots him, but instead of shooting him, she shoots the canister that had the mushrooms and the, and the chemical in it, and pink goo explodes from it all over Drago's head, causing his face to start melting. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it's cool the way they did it. it or for one thing, the thing looks like an ice cream maker, so she shoots him in the ice cream maker. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately a pink light comes on and goose like just fucking goes up in his face and it gets him and it's like a weird light and he's all lit weird and then he like hobbles over to the corner you know and it's just it's funny the way they did it. it's so like you know it looks it's like, like a, a nickelodeon thing book. man yeah it's the worst slime ever mm-hmm. well drago runs off screaming that's when Z- when zana finds benjamin in the box there and we get shots of Drago running through the streets to the river and jumping into the river. Back at the mansion, Joe and Wade have arrived. They've, uh, they've got summoned back quickly, apparently. And Ben is in bad shape, but Joe says no hospitals. Outside the house, they find the corpse of the hitman. Joe says they need to get rid of the body without involving the local police. Wade says, does the CIA bargain with the devil? And Joe says, well... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you not watched movies, dude? Shit, I don't even watch the news no more. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the river, Dr. Drago has made it to the other side and is coming up out of the water. He is horribly burned, and he makes his way through steam-filled alleyways to an abandoned factory. Every street at night has to be has to have backlit steam. Oh, yeah. Like a damn... Yeah. Uh... I don't know. What's that movie? Dracula? Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Like, I got that director, actually. He just could not lay off that fog machine. Yep. For the same reason it was raining throughout so much of Blade Runner. (laughs) Nah, man, it's atmospheric. Nah, dude, it's wet. (laughs) I'm tired of it. (laughs) I love that movie. Oh, yeah, Blade Runner? Yeah. It's great. So apparently Drago's hands also got burned and are covered with big lumpy blisters. He makes his way into an abandoned paper mill, which is kind of flooded. The, he's, there's water a couple inches deep on the floor. 
Drago hears a noise and picks up a stick to use as a weapon as he investigates, and he finds a homeless mute man who has camped out there. So Drago decides he's taking over the camp, and he's going to use the homeless man uh, to do his evil will. Yeah, it's, it's his first century, essentially, yep. yeah. Congratulations, homeless guy. You can't say no, you're hired. I kind of ripped off Batman in a lot of ways. The first one, like that 90s Tim Burton, because yeah. he jumps in the water, and then he runs off to like an abandoned building, and he gets a, you know, henchman, number one, Bob, you know. Bob, remember, I'm my number one. If you think about it, I mean, because he's mute, he's homely, and he's, like, you know, loyal. So it's like it's basically the same character. At a telephone booth, Dr. Drago impersonates Dr. Zimmer to summon an actual medical doctor to come and treat his burns. You see the doctor rushing to his car, only to find the homeless guy in his car with a gun. And he hands the doctor a note with the address to the abandoned paper mill. At the paper mill, the doctor is ushered in at gunpoint. Drago has a towel wrapped around his head and reveals that he was the one that used Dr. Zimmer's name to summon him. And then he uncovers his head to reveal his entire head has been horribly burned. Dun, dun, dun. Now, because this was a super con he was making, and that's a miracle drug that heals everything, All of his burns have healed already. He just needs some adjustment. Uh, He wants the doctor to perform surgery on him. He's going to be awake for the surgery. He's going to tell the doctor exactly where to cut. And if the doctor deviates from his instructions in any way, well, the homeless guy is going to kill him. Seth's totally like straight up Jack Nicholson, Batman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The doctor offers to get some ether. And Drago says that's not necessary. All of his nerve endings have been burned away, and he can't feel anything. So just go ahead and cut where I tell you to cut. Nah, man, it's for me. (laughs) I don't want to be here. This is scary. (laughs) And they end up doing surgery on a dusty table in a flooded factory. Next morning at the lab, Zimmer is working on Mandroid. They're trying to get it working again. Wade is operating the mandroid, and Joe wants to, wants to see the mine. In Ben's bedroom, Ben is awake now, but he has the lights off, and he tells Xana he doesn't want to be bothered. He doesn't feel good. Xana tells him they're going to the mine, and she'll check on him afterward. When she leaves, Ben turns on the lights to reveal that he can see through his hand now. Dun-dun-dun. Like he overdosed on Supercon, and now he can, he's, he's fading out. Well, Xana, Joe, and Dr. Zimmer head to the mine with Mandroid. Wade is back in the lab working the controls. Apparently, the controls are not portable. He can control it from about 50 miles away. But Dr. Drago has plans to improve the helmet to eliminate the need for the other equipment entirely. And apparently, with Drago's new helmet, You can control Mandroid just by thinking about it. Meanwhile, in the factory, Drago is wearing a beekeeper's hat and veil when the mute man arrives with a a crate. (laughs) Drago doesn't like the veil, and so he wants his his henchman to make him a metal mask. Hell yeah. 
and also dispose of the corpse of the doctor that did the surgery. Drago killed him after the surgery was done. And that crate, well, it's full of hand grenades. <laughs> also, though, the whole thing with him get, talking to his henchmen with a beekeeper's thing on. Yeah. For some reason, just like, I don't know, it reminds me of like, I don't know, like someone's grandmother telling him to like pick up around <laughs> the house or something. I don't know what it is. It's just because he's got that coat and then his beekeeper is like, oh, and one more thing. Get the dead yeah. bodies out of the floor, you fucking lazy prick. Oh, and one more thing. You know, and it's like, all right, Grandma, shit. I just want to skateboard. Jesus you know? Christ. You quit killing yeah. people, Grandma. There wouldn't be dead bodies all over the place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, nah, but you get my point, right? At the mine... Xana, Zimmer, and Joe unload the Mandroid unit, and they head into the mine. Wade wants to be called Wade Droid instead of Mandroid. No, that's not going to work for me, man. No, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no. That's like when, uh, what's his name, just put on a, like a striped sweater. It's like, I want to be called Steve now. It's like, no, nah, you're Gordon. <laughs> Back in the band. They're here to harvest mushrooms, and when they reach the spot, Wade makes Mandroid punch the rocks until a hole opens up, revealing mushrooms inside. How convenient. I grow mushrooms. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, none of this is how any of this works. <laughs> you don't also, break rocks open to find mushrooms inside. That's not how, you, yeah, how it works. They grow in, like, wood or, like, you know, cold, dark places and shit. I get that, but, like, just inside of a rock? Yeah. Yes, be treated to the sum or something, right? <laughs> well, Zimmer collects the mushrooms that they use to make the supercon, and they head back to the lab. Meanwhile, back at the lab, Wade takes advantage of the break to get out of the mandroid equipment when somebody tosses a tear gas grenade into the lab. That's when Drago and his henchmen arrive wearing gas masks, and they take control of mandroid. The, the mandroid that's in the van with everybody else. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, as soon as Drago gets all hooked up, he grabs Xana by the throat. She's driving the van, except there's a robot grabbing her by the throat now. And the van crashes, rolling over on its side. Mandroid kicks the back doors out, Mr. T style, and heads off down the road. Fuck yeah. Sometime after dark, the local police arrived to investigate the crash. They crashed in the middle of the afternoon. Cops show up sometime that night. They're still in the van, but everybody's okay. They're not hurt. Romania. <laughs> oh, man, Romania's going to hate me after this episode. <laughs> I don't know if we have any listeners in Romania. If we do, sorry. I'm sure everything's better now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah, was this was Soviet Romania we're talking about, okay. not good oh, Romania. Yeah. Soviet Romania. The music's gotten better. Yeah, actually, I used to work with the Romania. I got like yeah ancestors from there, so I shouldn't be really talking all that much. But whatever. <laughs> the police want to investigate what happened, but Joe shuts that down, saying that this is a CIA operation and they need to stay the hell out of it. Back at the lab, they find Wade unconscious on the floor. The mandroid equipment has been stolen. So Xana goes to check on Ben. He is scared and asks her to help him. And when she turns on the lights, she can see right through him to the sheets on the bed. So they load Benjamin into an ambulance, and Dr. Zimmer gets in the ambulance with him to take him to the hospital. 
the hospital, the ambulance, I say an ambulance. Yeah, it's yeah, you can say that. It's a rusted out white cargo van and somebody hand painted red crosses on the back windows with tempera paint. And they're not even even, dude. They're they're, <laughs> they're wobbly like somebody somebody's grandpa with the shaky hand painted it. Yeah, they're janky as fuck. And you see like the rust through them and stuff. It's... <laughs> there was something on the windows because they've taped paper over those. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a uh, ladder rack. What kind of ambulance has a ladder rack, dude? Yeah, it was a very low-budget ambulance. This was a direct-to-video production, so we don't have any budget for it. But I would bet just about anything that it was well under $100,000. It was probably $2,000 and a bunch of Arby's coupons, to be honest. <laughs> no one Charles Band and who Ooh, he learned from. Beef and cheddar. And curly fries. Hell I'll yeah. make a movie for that. <laughs> Only in Romania. All right, I got to stop that. <laughs> in the lab, Joe finds the spoons from the grenade, and he says they're obviously Soviet issue, probably stolen from the nearby arsenal. Wade says that now, now Drago has everything from the Supercon project, and that's when Xana reveals there are secret plans to take the crystals to their final form. Dude, that wasn't even their final form. That wasn't even their final form, Mike. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a mushroom, then it's a urinal cake, then we get the liquid, then we get the final form, and then prop. Yes. And you have to have this stupid <laughs> robot the whole time. Or none of yeah, this because who else is going to punch the mushrooms out of the, out of the rock Super Mario style? Yeah, no, I want to go back to that. When, when he punched the rocks, <laughs> it was so stupid. Yeah. It was, it was just... like a little kid dressed up like a robot on Halloween. And it's like, all right, now go beat up your bigger brother. The bigger brother's like in college or some shit. There's like a toddler. And he just goes up and starts beating on his shins. That's what this like robot was doing to this cable. <laughs> the girl set the robot right in front of a brick wall and tells him, Okay, now just punch the air in front of you. Yeah, that's all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> At the abandoned paper mill, Dr. Drago is working on the Supercon formula as his henchman fabricates his brass mask. It's a nice looking mask. Hell yeah. Drago pours ground Supercon into the helmet that powers Mandroid by thoughts alone. Drago puts on the helmet. And Mandroid immediately slaps his henchman. <laughs> <laughs> then and, then Drago orders him back to work on the math. Meanwhile, Joe says Washington has authorized him to proceed with the deal, provided Dr. Zimmer turns over all of his work. No more secrets. But they hear an intruder in the lab, and they go to investigate. And as they creep through the halls, nobody notices as they walk right past Mandroid standing in the shadows. Until it comes to life and grabs Xana by the throat again. I don't know. This is back when people, before people like picked up on every Scooby-Doo trope, I guess. I don't know. I picked up on them pretty easily, but yeah, yeah. no, nah, that suit of armor, it's going to attack you. <laughs> you got to attack oh, it Oh, yeah. First. Speaking Same of thing. suit of armor. Yeah. Mandroid's got Xana by the throat and Drago speaking through Mandroid says he wants the Supercon formula or he's going to kill Xana. So Joe and Wade, they decide they're going to fist fight a robot that punches rocks. 
<laughs> but no matter how many times it worked for Captain Kirk, a karate chop to the collarbone will not defeat a robot. Yeah, he no-sells that quick, grabs him by the throat, and throws him. And that's like his yeah. only move, but it works really well. They keep on coming up and doing Haikiba, you know, and then it's like, nah-uh. <laughs> well, Joe and Wade decide to double-team the robot, so Mandroid needs a hand free, and it just <laughs> tosses Xana into a suit of armor standing there in the hallway. Yeah. And she just bounces off the suit of armor. Then he picks Joe in the air, picks Joe up in the air by his throat, says he'll call in one hour, and leaves with Joe as his hostage. Back at the hospital, Dr. Zimmer wants to see Benjamin, but the police want to know everything about his deal with the U.S. first. There are no secret deals with the Americans, comrade. <laughs> okay. That's when a doctor comes up and tells Dr. Zimmer, uh, an actual medical doctor, comes up and tells Dr. Zimmer, that his daughter called, and he needs to get back to the house right now. When he gets back to the house, Xana and Wade tell him what happened. Also, it appears that Benjamin is completely invisible now. And the phone rings. It's Dr. Drago, just like he said he was going to call. He wants the super, super con formula, or he's going <laughs> to kill Joe. I remember that super shit you had? I want the super version of it, all right? I'm not playing around. I got Joe. <laughs> I got this robot. <laughs> Give me the money. You know, it's like, oh, God, this is so fucking cheesy. <laughs> After he hangs up, we learn that Joe really isn't a hostage. He's actually playing both sides. I knew this. Yeah. Joe is a slimy bastard. He's the kind of guy that you'd expect him to be sweating all the time. Well, like his counterpart was like the American guy with the checkbook, right? And that guy's like all clean cut, clean shaven. For some reason, yeah. he's always wearing like a, uh, a duster or not a duster. What do you call him? Like a raincoat, like the spies in the last movie. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then like, like he looks like Inspector Gadget and a dad put together. Right. This guy looks like some sleazy, unshaven guy that like hanging out in a bar and yeah. is like trying to sell somebody for a cigarette. Like this guy looked like he was the bad guy. But he was yeah. on the good guy team. I'm like, yeah, no, he's a bad guy. You're just like so, that complaining evil doctor in the background over there. You're a bad guy. Right. Yep. Turns out Joe has struck a deal with Dr. Drago to get both the super, super con and the new thought-controlled helmet. At the old paper mill, the henchman is playing with the helmet. and he's He's trying to talk into the microphone even though he can't talk. Yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> He puts it all down and pretends he's working on something else as they come in. And Joe examines the helmet, tosses his cigarette on the floor. Well, the henchman, he doesn't like that at all. He tries to keep a very clean house. So he picks up the cigarette and he puts it out on his tongue. Um, Joe wants his gun back because the henchman is playing with it. And Drago says it's not a good idea for Joe to get his gun back. And he's sure that that his guy will keep it very clean. <laughs> the guy, I love this guy. He just makes such a big show of polishing the gun. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just fucking with Joe at this point because Joe's an asshole. Yeah, no, totally. I called it. Also, I love that little yeah. part where he does like the little, uh, like he's like spinning around on his finger and shit. Yeah. Like totally like cartoon, like out of nowhere, it goes from like, 
serious spy thing to like really goofy cartoon like uh keystone cop moment yep and that's a lot of like full moon shit like they'll just have something that like looks like it was like taken from like the 1920s in a modern right. or that's a modern movie but like a bad movie and it's like it's something endearing about that yeah yeah well watching this guy play with his gun and, fl- and going i got your gun i got your gun and that yeah. pisses joe off so joe just throws his cigarette on the ground and just smears it across the floor with his foot. Meanwhile, Zimmer, Wade, and Xana, not to be confused with Jan, Jace, and Gleek, the Wonder Twins. (laughs) 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 They find a, they have, uh, they've gone back to the mine, and they find a symbol etched on the wall. Zimmer is taking them to a secret chamber, or apparently there are secret chambers, and, and there are secrets all over this mine. Because his father hid them out here during World War II until eventually they were found by the Nazis. And that's when we see that Zimmer has uh, a tattoo on his forearm where he was taken to a a Nazi concentration camp. But he has unlocked a, a small hidden doorway on the floor and retrieved this metal ball from a secret compartment inside the ball is the only microfilm with the new Supercon formula. Ah, shit. They brought up the fucking microfilm. Yep. Got that microfilm. Oh, God. It's it's too spy. I'm going to throw up. It's too much of a spy movie. <laughs> oh, God. Microfilm. I mean, these days it's a flash drive, but back then it was all microfilm. Microfilm. The best one was uh, A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. That like that whole microfilm fighting over that shit. That was great. That, that was a different movie. Than <laughs> At the paper mill, Joe says that if he doesn't make his flight, there will be a thousand CIA agents swarming the village by morning. And the henchman makes the best. Ooh, I'm scared. Face yeah, in the thousand, background. Yeah. Ooh, a thousand. <laughs> Are y'all gonna have a picnic or something? What is a thousand? <laughs> Drago wants it to look like Joe is a real hostage, but he does give Joe a gun anyway. An armored troop transport and the rusted-out Ford Bronco of the local police come tearing around a corner. That's a great shot. I love that. (laughs) That's that's where most of the budget went, was to rent that armored troop carrier. Oh, yeah. They are going to trade the microfilm for Joe. And Soviet soldiers pile out of the troop transport and hide all around the area. Zimmer tells Wade and Xana that he's going to be making the exchange instead of Wade. And then he will destroy all traces of the Supercon so that nobody can have it. That's when Mandroid arrives with Joe and Zimmer walks out to meet him. Zimmer tries to get Drago to come out, but he won't. So he prepares to hand over the microfilm. Zimmer hands over the microfilm, and that's when Joe reveals the double cross. Double cross. It's a double cross of a double cross. Oh, shit. Because, you know, Drago thought that Zimmer had double crossed him to sell the stuff. And now Drago and Joe are double crossing, pulling their own double cross to get the microfilm. It's crazy. So they double cross and a double cross. Yeah. Holy shit. That's when Mandroid grabs Joe's gun and shoots Zimmer in the chest. Holy shit. Yeah, just bam. 
Joe tries to stop Mandroid, so Mandroid shoots Joe in the chest, too. Holy shit! That's like a quadruple double cross. Yeah. Everybody gets crossed by God. Oh, man. Then Mandroid runs off with the microfilm while the Soviet soldiers are shooting at it. Wade confronts Joe, and Joe says he was just trying to get Drago's confidence so that he could get the helmet also. And they leave to chase Mandroid. Xana uh, stays back with Dr. Zimmer, who is her father, and as he dies, he's, he's gone. Soldiers are stalking Mandroid through the paper mill, and the henchman turns into Jean-Claude Van Damme for a second. <laughs> he throws an axe at the first soldier through the doorway, just burying it in his chest. Then he picks up an AK-47, and he opens fire, killing the next soldier. He gathers the weapons of the fallen soldiers and runs off as Wade and the other soldiers follow. Mandroid and the henchmen get to Drago and they deliver the microfilm. Then they all leave together and a shootout ensues as Mandroid takes out several soldiers, just shooting the fuck out of them. Dude, that henchman is the man. Yes, he is. Anybody who can take out trained military with an axe, I'm not messing with him. Oh, hell no. I'm not throwing cigarettes out on his floor either. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) No wonder he wasn't scared of Joe. He really was not scared. Yeah, no, no doubt. Mandroid shoots a few more soldiers, but one of them isn't quite dead, and he starts getting up, shooting, and uh, he shoots Mandroid in the eye, and Mandroid kind of goes crazy again, like when when he crashed the car. Uh, Mandroid fumbles around a little bit, but he recovers and just murders the fuck out of the soldier that shot him he filled him full of holes yeah this whole thing is like just the uh last 15 minutes of death wish three you know it's just like a 15 yeah. minute yeah definitely shootout. and they're like and it was it's worse because in like death wish three that was like three city blocks getting shot up so there's like a lot of open air and stuff this is all yeah. taken out in a bombed out building in romania that has like big holes in the walls yeah so this is like worse. So it's like really loud, probably a bunch of echoes. You know, they can't hear shit. They're deaf, you know, and <laughs> way worse, you know. Well, cut to Wade being sneaky and Joe needs another cigarette. That's all the opportunity that the henchmen needed to shoot Joe. And they shoot each other. Joe spins around and returns fire. They end up shooting each other up pretty badly. And they're both down on the ground. Uh, and they decide to go for the kill, but they're both out of ammo. Dun, dun, dun. Well, what do you know? No more bullets. But Joe has a spare gun and kills the homeless man. Here, let me see that thing. Hmm. Well, what do you know? One bullet left. Damn. That's it when... You're my number one. <laughs> you're my number one guy. <laughs> That's when Joe dies as Wade enters the room. Wade storms off, shouting for Drago. Mandroid appears behind him and slaps Joe around pretty good. Or Wade slaps Wade around pretty good. Joe's dead. Wade grabs a pipe and starts beating on Mandroid, which makes a really nice bell sound, but doesn't really do anything. Mandroid picks Wade up by the throat. That's his signature move. He picks everybody Uh, up by the throat. Chokeslam throw. And and yeah, he's going to chokeslam him. And uh, Wade just shoves the pipe in the Mandroid's shot-out eye hole, 
short circuiting him and shutting him down. Hell yeah. That's when Drago appears and shoots Wade in the kneecaps. Damn it. <laughs> He's about to kill Wade and tells Wade to say goodbye. Wade goes, Hold on, wait, wait, wait. And Wade reaches over and grabs a hand grenade, pulls the pin and throws it up over onto a balcony right above Drago and says, Goodbye. Just as the grenade goes off, collapsing the balcony on Drago and killing him. Fucking. They should have never put that crate of grenades by that door. Yeah. That's just bad feng shui. Man, if you're going to kill somebody and they go, wait, 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 wait. They're planning something. They're up to something. Well, just kill them. Come on, Mike. Guy was the evil scientist with like a metal face. He was going to monologue anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like anything, the grenade at this out of like a 30-minute thing on why he was right and everybody is wrong, you know? In the hospital, Xana is visiting Ben. He's all wrapped up in ace bandages now. And she tells Ben that they have the supercon and maybe they can find a cure for him being invisible. Ben says they can work together just like old time. And Xana says, oh, not exactly. Now, Ben and Xana were kind of sweet on each other when this all started. But apparently something has changed. And Ben says, what about Wade? Well, that's what she meant when she said not exactly. Because mm -hmm. it seems that ever since Ben turned invisible, Xana has moved on, and now she's Wade's girl. In the lab, Wade has repaired and reactivated Mandroid with help from Xana. He is paralyzed after being shot in the kneecaps. That's not how paralysis works. Yeah. Again, <laughs> that's not how any of this works, man. But hey. Full <laughs> moon. They're trying. It's good. But Xana thinks they can use the Supercon to cure that, too. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a woman God. is getting ready for a, air quotes, date <laughs> by putting on a whole lot of makeup and a negligee. Oh, man. All right, yeah. And she tells her date that since he's paying for the whole night, he can do whatever he wants with her. And she starts to undress for him. And you see a hand reach out to grab her breast. And it's covered in blisters and bumps, just like Drago's hands were. Oh, man. She looks down and sees this and starts to look all horrified. And that's when the mask emerges from the shadows. And the man takes off the mask revealing the disfigured and burned face of Dr. Drago. Well, dun, she dun, screams. Dun. Yeah, she screams, of course. And he laughs, of course. Of course. Then fade to black, and Drago says, come on, kiss me, and roll credits. Roll credits. I like the ending. The ending it, was good. There's bits of this movie that's good. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta wade through some draggy ass parts, and the first thirty thirty five minutes is complete bullshit because you've seen that movie yes a dozen times yeah so it's like crap spy movie with a little bit of nice sci fi thrown in yeah uh, kooky like sci fi anime plotline and then the last <laughs> half of it is like nonstop like fucking crazy bullshit at all directions. <laughs> Yeah, nice shootout. It didn't have a decent car chase scene. We needed a good car chase scene in it. 
And even though we don't have an official budget, they use their money well. Yeah, yeah. Now the the costume effects for for Mandroid were fantastic. That was yeah, a no, the, gorgeous costume. Robot looks cool. Uh, the creepy uh laboratory is fucking awesome. Even though they, yeah. they just like use like three corners of like some rented out mansion. Yeah, and yeah, that the, the gunfight was awesome. Right. There's good stuff yeah. here. Yeah, there's good they, stuff. It's full moon, so but, you're not gonna leave empty-handed. But it's but if like, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Pig, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we got. We got a great henchman. We got a fantastic costume. We got some gorgeous set dressing on one stinker of a story. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Hell yeah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at cdfpod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to patreon.com slash cdfpod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.